We dive into our latest mock draft Monday for the Baltimore Ravens, where they beef up in the trenches next year on Locked On Ravens. You are Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we return here with another episode of Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. I am your host, Kevin Allstriker of Ravens Wire. Of course, we're here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Ravens your first listen of the day. We're free and available on all platforms. And today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net is you covered this season with more props, odds, and lies than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. And we're back here. It is. A Monday edition of the show, which means it is another mock draft Monday. The draft coming up in about a month. It's kind of crazy to think about. And we've done these mock draft Mondays for a little bit now. We're going to dive into another one, an updated one here today, where for this one, I took a different approach. And as I've said before, I have wanted to switch things up. So we're not talking about the same 10 prospects every single show. I took a trenches approach. So I beefed up the trenches on the offense and on the defensive sides of the ball. I'm excited about this one. So we'll talk about that mock draft that I did for Mock Draft Sunday here in the second segment. In the first segment, I do want to talk about Bobby Wagner. We didn't get the chance to talk about Bobby Wagner, who did visit the Ravens reportedly. And I want to talk a bit about what his signing would mean if it does happen and whether the Ravens should be in on Wagner or kind of he's not a priority, but he would be great to have, et cetera, et cetera. So we'll talk about that in the first segment. Then in the final segment, we'll dive into... Mock drafts from Twitter, we got a lot, and I'm not going to be able to get to all of them today. Of course, I'll read them in the order that I see them in the comment section. I do read all of them beforehand, and if yours isn't read out here today, we will try to get to them throughout the rest of the week. So again, a ton to talk about here on Locked On Raves, another jam-packed episode. Before we get into it, though, if you're here on YouTube, you can see my face and my background and my shirt kind of blending into the background and everything. Be sure to subscribe to the channel. Like the video if you like daily Baltimore Ravens content. We are here Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Eastern time. So we did hit 1,000 subscribers. Again, thank you so much for that milestone. Now we're going for 2,000 subscribers. So on the goal to 2,000, that's the next one here on Locked On Ravens on YouTube. Also, we are in audio form, and it's the same show in both audio and video. If you're listening here on our way to work or on your way back from work, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, be sure to follow, turn notifications on so you know when that content comes out. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at kostriker34 and the Locked On Ravens account at Locked On Ravens. So, Let's now dive into the Bobby Wagner news and kind of get into what he could bring to this team. And we've talked about Wagner before on this show. And me personally, I've put my opinion out there. I think Bobby Wagner would be a phenomenal fit in this defense. He'd be a great addition to this Ravens team. And there are a couple of things to look at as to why. Now, Wagner, he will be 32 before the 2022 season begins. So this is not like a 10-year option at the middle linebacker position. Wagner could just be looking for a one-year deal at this point. He could be looking for some stability and maybe a two, three-year deal. So how the Ravens would structure a deal with Bobby Wagner would be very important because you don't want to necessarily tie yourself down to a 32-year-old linebacker financially to the point where it could potentially bar you from making other moves. That That's a scenario where I think maybe if, look, if Wagner is asking for the moon, Ravens just can't give them the moon right now with the salary cap space that they have, but they do have room to work with. They do have room to restructure. 
And when I look at the free agent market and I look at the draft classes, right? People, so some people are arguing that the Ravens should spend their money on on edge rushers and on cornerbacks, and that's where they should kind of focus their attention over the rest of free agency. Well, my point to that, and I'm not saying they shouldn't do that. There are options, but in terms of who's left, who's still available on the free agent market, the top edge players, Jadavian Clowney, you know, that, that's really the only name that sticks out to me. There are a couple other ones who could make some sense. The Ravens brought in Arden Key, but he's not going to cost $8 million a season or anything. At least I don't think he will. It'll probably be more four, five, six for him potentially. And maybe he breaks that, but I don't know. In terms of corner, Stephon Gilmore still out there. He's probably the most expensive option and the best option. But then you have other guys like Bryce Callahan, Chris Harris Jr., a couple other big names as well. But in my opinion, when you look to the draft class and you look at who's at those two positions, edge and corner, you have Jermaine Johnson, Trayvon Walker, a couple other really nice, solid prospects there. Cornerback, obviously Derek Stingley, Sauce Gardner. You have Andrew Booth, Trent McDuffie, et cetera. This draft class is very deep at both edge and cornerback. And I think that I would personally pair a Bobby Wagner with Sauce Gardner or Jermaine Johnson or one of those guys in the draft, as opposed to a Jadevian Clowney or Stephon Gilmore with Nicobe Dean or Devin Lloyd, et cetera. That's just me. Other people, they might have it the other way. And I understand that. And I understand there are other opinions out there. But me personally, Wagner still has a lot left in the tank. He is a leader. He is a six-time All-Pro, Super Bowl champion, so he brings that experience. We saw what Patrick Queen did next to a veteran last season. It would allow the opportunity for Patrick Queen to learn next to a proven future Hall of Fame player in Bobby Wagner, who has done so many good things at this level in this league. He's a 10-year veteran. He's been around the block. He knows what to expect, and that's valuable to a defense that has undergone some changes. And I think that the Ravens, you know, they came into free agency having a plan. And they executed it pretty well, except the issue was that Zedaria Smith kind of threw a wrench in all that by agreeing, then leaving and going to Minnesota instead. So they now have that cap space. They pivoted to Michael Pierce. But I think at this point, Bobby Wagner, yes, while inside linebacker is not the biggest need still on this team, I still think edge rusher is a big need, cornerback is a big need, et cetera. I think inside linebacker is a need because outside of Patrick Queen and Malik Harrison, who do you have on the roster? I mean, Chris Board is in Detroit now. LJ Fort, Josh Bynes, still free agents. You know, either of those guys would be good to come back. I would be totally okay with that. But I think for Baltimore, if Wagner is interested, if the price point is right, and if they can strike a deal with him that doesn't too doesn't have too much of an impact, I'll say, on the financial ability of the Ravens to maybe add one or two more depth pieces here and there. I'm all for this move. Wagner is a needle mover. And I've talked about needle movers before on this show where the Ravens, they need a couple of them. I think Marcus Williams is a needle mover. I'm excited for him to come in to show his ball hawking skills out there at the free safety position. Mike McDonald could move him around a little bit, right? That is the definition of a needle moving signing where the Ravens did not have that necessarily ball hawking type player. I keep going back to the word, but ball hawking type player, they bring in one of the better ones in the NFL, one of the best up-and-coming young safeties in Marcus Williams. The Ravens didn't necessarily have that leader at the inside linebacker position. And does, does a leader have to be an inside linebacker? No, they have other leaders on the team. I understand that. But Wagner would solidify that position for at least a year, would give Patrick Queen the ability to play off of him. And I think really in the long run, help Patrick Queen. This is not 
me saying that I would love Bobby Wagner in Baltimore, I think the fit is great, is not me saying that I think Patrick Queen is not good. I think Patrick Queen is good. He showed improvement from the first half of the 2021 season to the second half. That was very encouraging. But you can't have enough talented playmakers. Imagine a linebacker room with Wagner and Queen as opposed to Queen and Harrison. Again, you can use the veteran talent mixed in with the young talent. I think that's very important. And I keep going back to the C.J. Mosley, Patrick Owasso conundrum, where Mosley and Owasso played very well off of each other together. And then Mosley leaves. The keys are handed to Owasso, and he can't really do anything with it. He's next to Kenny Young. Both players end up leaving, and that's that wasn't great. I'm not saying that'll be the fate of Queen and Harrison, but I think with the next another year at least of a veteran next to them, learning from them, whether it is Wagner, and if Wagner doesn't work out, I'm completely content with Josh Bynes coming back, right? That That is something for me where I'm not saying, oh, if the Ravens don't get Bobby Wagner, the, the, the offseason's over, they lose everything, right? I, it would be a little tough, but I'm content with Wagner. I'm also content with Josh Bynes. Wagner would be my 1A choice, but if they need to bring back a familiar face and they don't land Wagner or whatnot, sure, you know, you can bring back Josh Bynes and even bring back LJ Ford as well for depth. I think that is an okay pivot plan. But to me, my 1A plan would be Bobby Wagner. If it's not Wagner, if you're looking at free agents, I think JC Treader is another one we, we've talked about before here on the show. I think he's another great addition, but historically, the Ravens haven't really invested in the center position. So I don't know if they're going to buck that trend this year and decide to all of a sudden do it. I think it'd be worth it, but you know, we're, we're not the organization here on lockdown Ravens. We talk about the organization. And so for me, I'm talking about how I think Bobby Wagner would solidify the defense would bring that veteran present Super Bowl championship experience and a defense with Marcus Williams and Bobby Wagner on it compared to what the Ravens had last year solidifies tackling solidify some coverage issues. They had, you can pair them with different players on the roster to make this defense better and then you can add through the draft to fill out the cracks and continue to mold the defense. I think it all just kind of fits in together well. It, it's, it's, again, not the be-all, end-all of everything, but I do think that Bobby Wagner would be a plus addition to this team as long as, as he's not asking for $15 million a year over four years, which I don't think he is at this point in his career. I'd be pretty shocked if that were the case. I think the Ravens, they should do everything in their power to get this done, and if they do, that's amazing. But, again, if they don't, I'm not necessarily panicking and saying, oh, my God, the season's over. You know, there's still a lot of promise on this defense with or without Wagner. I just think with Wagner would be a very, very solid and phenomenal unit. But we'll head into our first break here on Locked on Ravens. When we get back, we'll be diving into my mock draft that I did for Mock Draft Center that we'll talk about here today. So be sure to stay tuned for that. But first, I want to tell you a bit about Built Bar. And this is the time of year, again, people give up on the news resolutions. But if you're eating healthy this year, don't give up on that goal and do it with Built Bar. The Built Bar has these really cool things called Built Bar Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy and marshmallowy, and they're not just a protein bar. They're a treat, and they're 100% real chocolate covered, and that's with all Built Bars as well. You have 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, 17 grams of protein. You can look at that macros chart on Built.com as well. It really gives you a ton of insight, which is really great. And they also have a ton of great flavors. Mint brownie, I've said before, is my personal favorite, but you also have coconut, coconut, almond, Etc. So go to build.com and use promo code LOCK15. Get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at build.com. We're back. Our second segment of Locked On Ravens. Kevin Ostracker, your host, still here with you. We just talked about Bobby Wagner. And now we're going to dive into a bit of mock draft action as we're going to talk about a mock draft Monday. And so, again, my goal every week here on the show is to not produce stale content. And so if I did the same 10 players every single week, 
it'd be a little stale. I'd be talking about the same guys over and over again. There are overlaps and there will be overlaps in this one as well. But this time I decided to take a bit of a different approach and beef up the trenches for the Ravens. So on offense and on defense, Ravens got a lot bigger and a lot better in those areas. So we'll start off with my number 14 overall pick. Mr. Jordan Davis, the interior defensive lineman out of Georgia. Now, Jordan Davis blew the NFL scouting combine away, and he was pretty much the talk of the scouting combine. Ran a 4'7", 4'8", is a big, big man. He's 6'6", 341 pounds. Running a sub-5 at that weight is very impressive, and Jordan Davis was one of the best athletic testing players in history compared to his fellow counterparts at his position. And it is extremely enticing to add a player like Jordan Davis to this defense. Now, some of the concerns with Davis come with his ability to play on all three downs. And can you invest the 14th pick into a player who might just be a two-down run stuffer? You know, we don't really know what he's going to be as a pass rusher right now. But at this point, I do think that he would be worth the risk for the Ravens because he is he's impactful. He's when he's on the field you pretty much cannot get away with not double teaming him. You have to double team him. And as we've seen with the, when the double teams come, that will free up opportunities for Adafi Owe for potentially uh, Tyus Bowser when he comes back, interior defensive lineman, Michael Pierce, potentially, right? You have, you can work these guys in and use them in a bunch of different situations, which, which I think, again, the way that Davis plays his conditioning has gotten a lot better as well. Conditioning, obviously, a key part of the Ravens. That that conditioning test can be a beast for the Ravens. And we've seen guys like Michael Pierce not come in in shape. And John Harbaugh get, it gets you in the John Harbaugh doghouse. So Jordan Davis would have to be in shape. But yeah, he's just he's an explosive player. Uses his hands very well. He can play in multiple schemes. He would he would fit with what the Ravens do. You, you just have to, I think, be careful with how you deploy him. Is the Ravens if. You know, you don't want to throw him into a three-down roll really quickly if he's not used to it, et cetera, et cetera. But he pushes the pocket as a pass rusher. He doesn't necessarily have the arsenal as an interior pass rusher. But I think again, at 14, if there are if if like Jermaine Johnson is gone, Sauce Gardner, Derek Stingley, Trayvon Walker, Charles Cross, et cetera, I, I'd be content with the Ravens taking Jordan Davis for sure. The dress is an area of need. Just because the Ravens signed Michael Pierce doesn't mean their defensive line is all of a sudden solved. They still can add there and they should add there. So for me, Davis is somebody who I think could be a really, really, really good addition to this team. And overall, yeah, I'm definitely content with the Ravens bringing him in. Let's move on to pick number 45 now, where I have the Ravens selecting an edge rusher in Arnold Epicady, the edge rusher out of Penn State. And so Epicady is somebody who is kind of getting like late first round buzz now. I was very pleased to see him available at 45, but he's a player that is a speed rusher. He uses his speed to his advantage. He's six, two and a half, around 250 pounds per se, but he's been able to fit in multiple defensive schemes and he should continue to be able to do that at the NFL level. He also doubled his career totals in sacks and tackle for loss in 2021 and we did see the Ravens draft another edge player, Nadafe Owe, out of Penn State. So, Ebikadi next to Nadafe Owe, I know we were all dreaming of the Zadarius Smith or David Ajabo, healthy David Ajabo, who the Ravens still could take if they want to, but he's obviously with his torn Achilles not going to be able to step on the field. I think Ebikadi would be a great, great player to add. And he also is diverse, and he can do a lot of different things with his hands. And he also has potential to grow into more of a full-time role instead of just a pure 
pass rusher type player. So yeah, I think overall he is probably more of like a pass rush specialist right now. You aren't going to ask him to do too much in the run game at this point, but with the ability to grow and the other edge setters, the Ravens have on the roster right now, like an Adafi Owe, I think the Ravens can afford to take more of a developmental edge rusher in the earlier rounds who can provide pass rush early and then turn into an all around player. I think that's okay at this point with the Ravens and what they have on the roster. Next to pick 76, I took Rasheed Walker, the offensive tackle out of Penn State. Now, the first three rounds have a lot of quality offensive tackle depth. Once you get past there, though, then then it kind of starts to fall off a little bit, and then you have to ask yourself some questions. Walker's been somebody who has been on the Penn State offensive line for a very long time, and he has a lot of good foot quickness and is able to mirror defenders who rush him very well, so that is to his advantage. and. At times he can lose his balance. You know, you can see him kind of fumbling a little bit, but I think that's correctable. And at times he can get overpowered by bigger and stronger and just more physical defenders overall, but he is athletic enough to reach the second level, which is key in this Baltimore offense. I think he is a well-balanced player and he can come in and start at right tackle, although the Ravens won't need him to do that, but he can be a developmental piece who, if the Ravens do get hit with injuries on the offensive line and, you know, knock on wood, they don't. If that is the case, the Ravens have now the investment in the position with Walker, where I think that would be a good pick. And then sticking with the offensive line, with the last Ravens pick in the third round, I took Jamari Salier, the offensive lineman out of Georgia. Now, we talked about Salier a bit last week, so I'm not going to talk too much about him this week, but very versatile offensive lineman, can play out a lot of different spots on the offensive line. I think could be a very solid center option and played most of his time at Georgia at guard and kind of projects there at the next level, but he fits in a power run scheme. The Ravens will, you know, they'll use powers, but he also, I think can fit into his zone, which I think could be very good and, and very worthwhile to a Ravens team that again, values versatile offensive linemen. And for a guy like Salier, first four picks of the Ravens in this mock draft have been either defensive or offensive lineman type players outside of Ebikati, who is, you know, an edge rusher. So you can interpret that as you will in terms of a defensive line, offensive line player, but he also can do a lot of great things on the interior where I think that's where he is projected. So he can step out to tackle if you need him to, but I'm putting him on the interior. So either as a backup guard or a starting center for the Ravens, I think this pick allows the Ravens if Saylor does start to use Passion McCarry in that super sub sixth role, which I think is where McCarry fits best. And I think that would be the, the best case scenario for the Ravens in this situation. Next here at pick number 110, we go cornerback and I picked Monteric Brown out of Arkansas, six foot, 190 pounds. And he was the number one player in Arkansas during his recruiting class. And Arkansas ended up getting him over programs like Alabama, LSU, Auburn, and he started over 30 games. So he's very experienced. He knows what it takes to play at the collegiate level. And now heading into the NFL, that's also very important. But he is all over the place. He's sticky. He is ball hungry. He gets in the way of passes at a high clip. And he's a, he's a playmaker. And the Ravens need playmakers. You know, they don't have a ton of depth at corner right now. It's Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters. There's no more Tavon Young. Jimmy Smith, he's not back yet. Chris Westry, they didn't tender. Is he going to be back? There, there are all these question marks. Anthony Avis now in Las Vegas. I think Monteric Brown, you have in, in the fourth round, early fourth round. I'm totally... I'm totally cool with this pick. I think this is a great pick for the Ravens. And then at 119, we go back to offense, take Hassan Haskins, the running back out of Michigan. Now, Haskins is a 6'1", 220-pound player, so he's not the biggest. He's also not 
the smallest. It's, it's a good size for an NFL running back, I would say. And he, he he's a great player overall. He is a physical running back. He gets to the second level very, very well. And the, the Michigan offensive line kind of paved the way f- for him, but he did a great job. He actually was a basketball standout. But I think that for him, he's not the best as a pass catcher, but has a good ability to pass protect, which I think is great. And the Ravens, they need they need a third running back who can potentially step into more as the season is kind of at the beginning stages, whether Gus Edwards or J.K. Dobbins. You don't know if those guys are going to be able to get back to full strength for week one. We're hoping. But in that case, I think Haskins would be a phenomenal pick there at number 119. Next to 128, I took Jack Jones to corner from Arizona State. So doubling down on corner. Jack Jones, he's, he's a little undersized at 5'11". It was 5'10 and a half, 174. And actually played on the outside for the majority of his career, but I, I project him more as a slot guy. I think for the Ravens, they do need to replace Tavon Young in some way, whether that is with Darius Washington, who I think they view more as a slot anyway, or a player like Jack Jones. He is somebody who honestly had very strong seasons in both 2020 and 2021. And his athleticism is great. He has great foot speed. He has great ball skills. And I think that will help him transfer if the Ravens do decide to, if they draft him and decide to transfer him over to a slot role, that will help him. So to draft more of an outside guy like Montero Brown, and then you can transfer Jack Jones into the slot. I think those two players would be good to invest in at the corner position. Then at 139, we have Justin Ross, the wide receiver from Clemson. Now this is the third week in Raw I've taken Justin Ross. And I wasn't planning on taking him this week but there were no receivers left who I wanted to take. All the big bodies were gone. Justin Ross was sitting there this late. And I was like, oh man, I can't, I can't not take Justin Ross here. So Justin Ross injuries have kind of derailed his college career at Clemson, but you can play him out of the slot, play him out wide. The Ravens need that big body receiver. I think Justin Ross would be, he's, he's my favorite receiver in this class for the Ravens in terms of value and skill set. My favorite receiver last year was Des Fitzpatrick. So if you were here for me with that, I'm, I'm not necessarily saying that he's the best receiver in the class because he's not, but I think for the Ravens with value kind of taken into account, I think that my favorite in this class is Justin Ross. Then at 141, Jack Sanborn, the linebacker out of Wisconsin, is the pick for me. And yeah, Sanborn kind of tandem with Leo Chanel, the other Wisconsin linebacker, and those two really formed to make a really nice deal over there. And Sanborn can scrape very well. He is able to kind of dictate the pace that the opponents play at, which is very good. And he's able to do a lot of different things as an athlete, but he's not necessarily the best athlete and might might not profile as that next, next level three down player, but you could see him as a starter. You know, he has the trait. So as a developmental linebacker, I definitely don't hate this selection. I think that in the later rounds, you could do worse than Jack Sanborn. And finally at 196, I took Daniel Bellinger, the tight end from San Diego state. And this is a very interesting pick for me because he's not necessarily the most dynamic threat in the pass game, but he has a very good hands as a pass catcher. He has good length. He's tough and he's a very good blocker in the run game. So maybe projects more like a Nick Boyle than a Mark Andrews. But I think, again, you're looking for the Hayden Hurst role, which is a a mix of Mark Andrews and, and Nick Boyle. I think he provides that. And definitely with good hands, you can use that in the red zone. So I think as a late round selection, the Ravens final pick, I think Daniel Bellinger, it's a solid pick overall for me. So that's my mock draft. I did for mock draft Sunday, very trench heavy. I liked it. I think if the Ravens decided to go that route and just say, look, we're not running into the problem of trench depth ever again for the next couple of seasons, 
I'd be more than happy with this draft because it also fills out other needs in the later rounds. We'll head into our final break here. Let me get back. We'll be diving in to mock drafts from Twitter. So be sure to stay tuned for that. We still have a ton to talk about here on Locked on Ravens. But our next partner has a product that a lot of people use literally every day. And I started looking into Athletic Greens because for me, health is very important and not actually, you know, getting my immune system to where it should be is very good. And also there's a lot of supplements out there that don't taste amazing <laughs> to, to put it lightly. And athletic greens is one of the best options out there on the market. So what's actually in the stuff? Well, there are 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, and whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. And there are a lot of other things too, that make athletic greens great. It's lifestyle friendly. So whether you're eating dairy-free, gluten-free, or however you're eating, Athletic Greens is the option for you. It also has better sleep quality. And I know for some people, myself included, sleep is not necessarily something I do a ton. So it also promotes better sleep quality, which to me is very important. And also multivitamins are important anyway. So some people, they take some kind of multivitamin. So it's important to choose one. Right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with a convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. It's just one scoop of cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune support and vitamin D and free and a free five tra travel patch with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NFL Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NFL Network to take ownership over your health and take up the ultimate daily nutrition insurance. We're back here. Our final segment of Locked On Ravens. Kevin Ostrak, you're a host still here with you. We got into my mock draft. Let's get into your mock drafts now. And again, I'm going to Look at these in the order that I see them in the comments. So I'm not favoring one over the other or anything. And uh, if we don't get to yours today, I'll, I'll really try to get to the rest of them over the course of the, the week here. And let's first start off with a mock draft here from Matthew Simus or Simus. I'm sorry if I didn't pronounce that right, but he has the Ravens trading down with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Ooh, so pick 14 goes to Pittsburgh. Number 20, number 52, and number 84 go to Baltimore. And so at pick 20, Jermaine Johnson, the edge out of Florida State's to pick 45, Roger McCreary, Auburn Corners to pick Kyler Gordon at 52, the corner from Washington is the sele selection. Then the Ravens trade up to 67. They give up 76 and 196. They pick Cole Strange, Chattanooga offensive lineman, Khalil Shakir, Boise State wide receiver, Rashid Walker, tackle from Penn State at 100, Jeremy Record, Ohio State tight end at 110, Neil Farrell Jr., LSU defensive lineman at 119, Kyron Williams running back from Notre Dame at 128, DeMarco Jackson, Appalachian State linebacker at 139, and Malcolm Rodriguez, Oklahoma State linebacker at 141. Now let me tell you, if Jermaine Johnson is available at number 20, and the Ravens are picking there, I'd be doing absolute backflips. But again, Matthew takes my advice apparently here, and if the mock draft simulator gives it to you, you take it. So good on Matthew there. I think I, actually, I had Johnson. No, it was Trayvon Walker, Roger McCurry, but the, the edge corner one-two duo, I like that combination a lot, especially if the Ravens do sign Bobby Wagner like we did talk about in the first segment. I like that. Kyler Gordon's another add-on here that I do like. He... He's a, he's a player that some people aren't as high on anymore. You know, his combine wasn't spectacular or anything, but I think he could still be a very solid corner prospect. Cole Strange, you've talked about, I like that pick at 67. Rasheed Walker, talked about him earlier. I like that as well. A lot of needs addressed here. I think two linebackers at 139 and 141. I don't know if that's, if that's necessary, maybe I'd take another defensive lineman, but it, you know, that's, it's not a huge deal. I, I like this draft a lot. You get the tight end, you get the, 
the running back. There's the defensive lineman, Neil Farrell Jr., wide receiver in Khalil Shakir. I mean, I, I like this a lot. Good, good, good job here for Matthew in getting some high-quality prospects, filling out some needs as well. Next, let's take a look at a mock draft from Super Casual Takes, who says, this is what I think the Ravens will actually do come draft night, not necessarily what I would do, but I feel like this is a Ravens type of draft. And so pick 14, Tyler Linderbaum, the selection, the center out of Iowa, Drake Jackson, edge out of USC is at 45, Martin Emerson, Mississippi State corner at 76, Isaiah Likely, Coastal Carolina tight end at 100, Kobe Bryant, Cincinnati corner at 110, Amari Barno, Virginia Tech edge at 119, Zach Tom Tackle from Wake Forest at 128, Neil Farrell Jr., LSU defensive lineman, 139, Jerome Ford, Cincinnati running back at 141, and Matareza, San Diego State punter at 196. Love some punter love here for the Ravens. Yeah, this this does feel like a Ravens draft, but I don't know if they're going to invest in a center this early. I feel like the center depth has, has grown on me a lot in this draft. I'm not saying that the Ravens won't do this. That's not what I'm saying at all, but I – I feel like if the Ravens, they have a player at the edge or cornerback position that falls to them, I think they'd be comfortable taking a, a Sailor or Cole Strange, Luke Fortner, Alec Lindstrom, et cetera. Linderbaum, to me, you know, I'm not as high on him as others in this Ravens system. I think he'd be better off elsewhere, but I also think that if he came into the Ravens, he would be a great player. I'm not saying he wouldn't be, but I feel like, to me, a lot of the, the discourse surrounding Linderbaum is, are you going to invest the 14th pick at a center? I'm very interested to see if the Ravens would do that. But other than that, yeah, edge rusher second round seems, I feel I'd be pretty shocked if they didn't take an edge rusher in the first two days at the very least. Like I think first two rounds, honestly, is pretty realistic. Isaiah likely tight end at a hundred. I think that might be a tad early, but likely is proven to be one of the best tight ends in this draft class. And I think that'd be a pretty good pick overall. Then you have other needs. You know, there's not really a need that's missed here. Maybe inside linebacker, depending on what happens with Bobby Wagner. But you pick two edge rushers here, two corners here. You got two offensive linemen, tight end, running back, and defensive linemen. And punter, you got the punter in there. So I like this draft from super casual taste. It gets a lot of depth and a lot of positions of a need. So let's not look at a mock draft from Kenny Hess, who says mock draft like no other. So first we have Drake London, the wide receiver from USC at pick number 14. Perrion Winfrey, interior defensive line from Oklahoma at 36. Roger McCurry, corner from Auburn at 56. Cole Strange, 100. Then we have Majai Sanders, edge from Cincinnati at 110. Jesse Lucada, Penn State linebacker at 119. Tyrese Robinson, Oklahoma interior offensive lineman at 128. Kobe Bryant, corner from Cincinnati at 141. So Drake London, wide receiver at 14. I am personally, like, it's not my favorite position to spend that pick on but i'm not opposed to it like i would rather spend a, a that pick on a corner or an edge or a defensive lineman or an offensive lineman i would understand if ravens are just like look we want to have this juggernaut of young guys at wide receiver who we can have under team control for a little while and i wouldn't blame them especially with the contracts that we've seen these wide receivers get you know tyree killing his trade and his contract Devonte adams and this trade, I mean, by the time Justin Jefferson's up for his contract, he's going to own half the Vikings. I mean, that contract's going to be huge for him. So London's a phenomenal player. If the Ravens decide to go that route, he's probably one of their best bets there. Perrion Winfrey had to be shocked. Well, actually, 36 is not 45. So maybe a bit more realistic. He's here. He's a great player and is more of like an echelon down from like the Devontae Wyatts and the, the Jordan Davises. But I still like him a ton, and he's he's in the conversation for some of the best interior defensive line play in this class. I love Roger McCurry, love Cole Strange, love Kobe Bryant. Also, you get an, an edge rusher with Majai Sanders. I'd be a little shocked if they 
well, I guess if the draft falls this way, it'd be pretty understandable why they wouldn't take an edge rusher until 110. But still, Jesse Bacada, a solid linebacker, Tyrese Robinson, solid interior guy. So I, the London pick, the Winfrey pick, the, the first four, London, Winfrey, McCurry, Strange, I like that top four for sure. Although maybe it'd be instead of London for me, if there's a Jermaine Johnson or a Trayvon Walker, I think that would make it, you know, chef's kiss for me at that position. And then finally, we'll look at a mock draft from B. Ward, who has, or he says, traded quantity of picks for better quality. And so he trades number 14 and 196 for what for 24, 56, 88, and around four in 2023. And he selects Andrew Booth Jr. corner from Clemson at 24. DeMarvin Leal's the edge from Texas A&M. Interior defensive lineman, I classify him at 45. Then there's another trade. The Broncos get 56, 119, 128, 138, and 141. And the Ravens get 64, 75, in 96 and that's just an interesting trade i like that so the ravens take cam thomas san diego state edge at 64 brian asamoa oklahoma linebacker at 75 martin emerson mississippi state corner at 76 luke fortner center from kentucky at 88 rasheed walker penn state tackle at 96 sam williams mississippi edge at 100 ryan robinson jr running back alabama at 110 so woo, a lot of trades in this one well i guess not a lot but a lot of picks involved in the trade from b ward andrew Booth jr I like this pick a lot at 24. He is probably, he's my third corner. I have Derek Stingley one, Sauce Gardner two, but it's very close. And Andrew Booth three, Trent McDuffie four. Booth is a player who's very good, although injuries have kind of been the story of his pre-draft process. DeMarvin Leal is an interior defender. It's kind of lost some steam recently. People don't really see the value in him as much anymore. I think he'd be great at 45 personally. Cam Thomas, you can play him at edge and on the defensive line as well. He's a very versatile player. Asamoah is a linebacker at 75. is a quality investment. Martin Emerson, I like that pick. Luke Fortner, I've talked about before. I like him. Rashid Walker, we talked about today. I like him a lot. Then you have another edge in Sam Williams, a running back in Brian Robinson Jr. Yeah, with the picks that were traded, I think that this is a very solid draft for Baltimore. You get a quality corner in the back end of the first round. You pick up a round four in 2023 while moving back just 10 spots. You get other picks where you can trade and get further up in the draft. So the Ravens at this scenario have how many? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine picks in the first 110 instead of nine in the top 141, I believe it is. So yeah. That's value there. The Ravens, who knows if there's room for 10 rookies. B-Ward maximizes value here, gets to nine rookies in the first 110 picks. I, I like that scenario. I don't know how likely it is the Ravens do it, but in terms of something to think about, I think that's a very quality draft. That's all I have for you here today, though, on Locked On Ravens. Thank you for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe, like the video here on YouTube again, and if you're following along with us here in audio form, follow and turn notifications on. When we get back here tomorrow, we're diving into more Ravens content, so be sure to stay tuned for that, and I will see you tomorrow.